0: everyone,
1: and welcome back to James Cameron's Titanic Scene by Scene. I'm Brittany Butler. I'm Ethan Brim. And now we are moving on to the iconic, iconic, iconic flying scene. Uh, I mean, I was going to say, what more can be said about this, but uh, a lot. Um, so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening.
1: I know, right? Follow us on all the socials. <laughs> And we'll see you in the next scene. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, I f- it's interesting because I think there's a lot more than meets the eye uh, to this scene. Yeah,
0: it's real quick, too. And there's it's a lot of stuff's happening.
1: Because mm-hmm. I think it's like, you know, we've seen this imagery so much. Like everyone is just so used to seeing this pose in relation to Titanic. And we don't.
0: I've never seen it before.
1: Oh, really? Well, wow. You should, you should really get out. No, more. It's
0: literally everywhere. Oh, my gosh. This is the most. Uh, Titanic-y scene ever.
1: Yeah, everywhere. It's funny, like, I was talking to you before this about how I've just recently gotten into Star Wars, and I was, like, looking at some of the cast social media and stuff, and I ended up on Carrie Fisher's daughter, uh, Billy Lord's Instagram. yeah. yeah. And one of her recent pictures was her doing I'm flying with oh. her boyfriend or her friend oh, okay. or something. And the caption was Titanic on land or something. And I was like, seriously, I can't even like look at like in the Star Wars world on Instagram without seeing a Titanic reference.
0: Can't get away from it. You
1: know, it's just it's crazy. Yeah,
0: it is. It's everywhere. hmm. It it's is genuinely probably everywhere. probably like the most ubiquitous anything from the 90s, I'd say. Just Mm -hmm. anything from a movie, I mean, at least.
1: Just the other day, too, um, my mom and I were watching some show... And we were trying to see if we knew the actor. So I looked up the actor and ended up on his Instagram. What was one of his new pictures? Him and the actress from the episode doing I'm Flying at like the prom, (laughs) like photo they were posing for on the show. What show is it? Behind the scenes. I can't remember. Um, It was one of those medical shows. I don't know.
0: They have many, many medical shows.
1: Yes. Uh, But yeah, it's crazy. I'm like, so, and that was, both of those things happened to me in like the last week, just seeing those things pop up huh. and it's funny because now that i've gotten into star wars i remember someone said when i said that titanic is like the most referenced standalone movie because someone else had said to me it's like even more than star wars and then i was like i wasn't into star wars yet so i wasn't seeing all the references the way i see titanic Oh
0: yeah now you're gonna see him all over the place yeah
1: now that i'm into star wars i'm like holy crap this is mentioned yeah. like just as much or if not more um yeah. so yeah i definitely think probably the two biggest things <laughs> That I have now since I've gotten into Star Wars that I've been seeing everywhere are Star Wars and Titanic. For, like you can't. For
0: a time, you could have maybe not more than Titanic though, but like the Matrix was getting referenced mm. a ton, like especially the leaning back. Yeah, just and like everything. just even like the way like the numbers, kind of that green and black. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, definitely, definitely Titanic is up there.
1: So. Before we get into it, I have another thing I'd like to read from someone. This was a reblog on Tumblr. I wrote a post saying like, hey, share any of your thoughts on these upcoming scenes with us, uh, you know, ahead of time so that people could, you know, get those in. Uh, And this is from a big Titanic fan on Tumblr, uh, Bucator Swan Scavenger. They reblogged it and said... Yay, so glad to have these scenes analysis to look forward to. And this person, they say they sent us an email some time ago, and thank you so much for having read it on the podcast, about how the theme playing when Jack first enters Rose's life is the same music that plays when he leaves it, bringing the story full circle through the music. And they continue, I recently noticed another interesting musical parallel that I loved and had and had to share with you. In the flying scene, the theme that plays during Jack and Rose's kiss is exactly the same theme that plays when they're making love. Knowing this film and James Horner, I'd say that this is no coincidence. I believe it's intentional that the music we hear in the two romantic climaxes, parentheses, pun intended, oh of the movie... <laughs> is the same first kiss and then sex and something even better the music swells exactly at the moment when rose expresses herself through her hands in both scenes in the kissing scene the climax of the music happens when uh, she puts her hand around jack's neck and then in the car it happens when she puts her hand on the window and the symbolism and how the music plays into it kills me and she said, maybe I'm reading too into it, but this is how I interpret it, because these are the only two instances where we hear the specific arrangement. It's beautiful. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course, I went back and looked into that as well, and they're right. And, uh, yeah, it is interesting. The hands thing is kind of interesting, going back to yeah. Jack drawing that one-legged prostitute and what he had to say was that she had beautiful hands interesting and then also in the flying scene he grabs her hands like he goes and like reaches her hands at one point once we get to the drawing scene i once saw someone point out that the first thing he starts to draw aside from like like the main line of her body is he goes up and starts to draw her hand yeah Uh. so it's just kind of interesting
0: doesn't Old Rose say something about her hands, too?
1: I don't think so. But they make that point to show her using her hands at the beginning. Yeah,
0: maybe that's what I was thinking, with the pottery. Yeah, yeah. With
1: the pottery and everything. It's kind of interesting.
0: interesting. That is interesting, actually. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, jumping into the scene. Oh, and thank you again for uh, reblogging with your thoughts. Yeah, thank you. Uh, We appreciate it. Jumping into the scene, so this is starting with Rose in the first class lounge, sitting with the women having tea, Uh, and it's interesting because this is in front of a not very good green screen. Um, It's like very obvious, it looks like a painting almost, but what it is, is actually it's like a filmed miniature, Mm -hmm. with like people superimposed into it, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. They just filmed a few people in front of a green screen and then superimposed them into the miniature why
0: do you think they used a green screen they just because they couldn't get it was like a second a reshoot
1: something to do with like the building of the yeah building of the set or just something like it was cheaper to build a miniature yeah of that particular set i okay. guess it's work we're fine to work around yeah. like it looks okay like it looks fake but it also kind of has like this dreamlike yeah. painting look yeah totally which is really perfect for the vibe of the scene
0: hazy kind of hazy yeah yeah
1: and so ruth is talking to the women about planning rose's wedding and all the stupid details that have gone into it the bridesmaids gowns let me tell you what an odyssey that has been rose decided she wanted lavender she knows i detest the color i'm like oh my god like this stuff does not matter
0: i'm not going to i'm not going to lie that's what planning weddings are like though oh i know every single thing is obsessed on and it's annoying oh i know i mean and everyone's like talking about it way more than it needs to be and then the day happens yep. and you and, and like later you're like I don't even remember what the colors were I don't remember this stuff No. Nope. remember that stuff you just remember how you feel you remember the people mm-hmm. but it's like everyone obsesses about this stuff like oh I don't yep. want it with like lavender with like a, a blue trim I want to eat lavender with a teal yep. trim it's like yep. dude get out of here <laughs> like who cares
1: and so obviously Rose doesn't care. She's zoned out and you know Ruth's talking about how the invitations have to had to been sent back twice and then the reaction. Oh dear from from another woman about
0: so it. Uh, yeah,
1: it's it's just crazy. And so like they're zooming in on Rose and she's zoned out and she looks over to her left and sees this little girl and her mother or whoever it is to her and you know she's really kind of coaching this girl and telling her like in order to be proper you got to put you know your um napkin on your on your you know lap and use the fork this way and do whatever whatever and it's like just something as small as just telling this girl how to act while she's eating, uh, you know, and acting in that setting. Just seeing something as small as that, you can see the gears turning in Rose's head about, like, oh, I went through what this little girl's going through. She's going to grow up potentially maybe how I feel right now. You know, does she want to continue on that path that she's been groomed for, basically? You know, because it's like now she has realized that she kind of has a way out through jack yeah and the sort of idea and life and excitement and everything that he's sort of presenting it's sort of again with choices her deciding okay am i gonna stay and do what's expected of me or am i gonna go and take this chance and break away from this monotony and everything that she's just been in since she was the same age as this little girl
0: so, so the, in that moment is when she kind of has, like, this realization. Is that what makes her change her mind, You would you say?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's why they make a
0: point. But my thing is, like, I feel like she's already had – she already knows the answer. Yeah. Seeing it in somebody else, though, mm-hmm. is what she needs to kind of help her go over the edge and, and realize that this has been – this isn't just something that's now. Because it's easy to say, oh, I don't want to – To make a decision that I'm just, you know, it's just a gut reaction, Mm -hmm. something that, you know, I just feel like this right now. But then she looks at her and she's like, no, I've been feeling like this since I was could remember. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how she realizes that this is a decision, uh, not just of the moment. This is a decision that I've needed to make all this time and I can finally make it Mm -hmm. when you're like, it's easy to just get in like a, a like a funk, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, like my what's my life whatever right Mm -hmm. just to acknowledge that no it's always been like this that's when you realize it's not just a funk it's Mm -hmm. a life like this is what i am right and i will always be if i don't change something
1: right yeah when you said seeing it through someone else uh i think that's key too actually because you know she's been living internally with this for so long you know, just taking a second to look and observe and being able to see it and knowing what lies ahead for that girl. Yeah.
0: Yeah. She sees a trajectory uh, of the little girl as well. Um, who, by the way, that little girl is now stuck in in her thing because Rose doesn't try to save her.
1: Oh, God. I know. <laughs> I know, right, but what could you do?
0: I know, right? So she changes her mind.
1: So it cuts, hard cut, which I like because it's so, it's like this dainty music Playing in the background at the first class lounge, and then suddenly,
0: yeah, all the water. Just
1: like the like, it's just oh my god! Like in the theater, it's just like whoa! Yeah, (laughs) like yeah, that that ship, that ship is strong and loud and sailing, Um, you know. And it is kind of funny though. Like Jack, he's being such a little emo boy. He just went to the bow of the ship just to stare. Yeah, out at the ocean and at the beautiful sunset and just contemplate the meaning of life and the fact that Rose turned away. Yeah,
0: sometimes we all need a good stare, you know? (laughs)
1: Um, But of course, this is all coming full circle with the king of the world scene. You know, we've already seen him at this place. We know that he had a good time at the bow before. (laughs) (laughs) It's a nice little place. And so Rose says, you know, hello, Jack. And he turns around and she says, I changed my mind. The smile on Leo's face that they make a point to like like do a close-up on his smile when she says that it's like such a genuine smile it's absolutely adorable going back to why he was upset with why she left the gym he's not glad that she chose him but rather what she knows he represents yeah I love that. I mean, there's obviously a little bit of both. Yeah. It's just, you know, but obviously it's just like, you know, I changed my mind. It's just sort of like, oh, thank God. I am so happy and relieved that you are
0: taking this step. She already chose him. She had to choose the next step, right? Mm
1: -hmm. She had,
0: that's what she hadn't chosen yet. Mm -hmm. She already chose him, like with her heart, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah, so...
1: I like how, you know, as soon as she says, you know, oh, they, they said you might be up here. Like, apparently, like, in the script, it was like, oh, Fabri- I asked Fabrizio or something like that. He said that, like, you might be here because, <laughs> you know, Fabrizio would know they were there before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's kind of funny. Hey, do you know where Jack might be? Yeah, he might be up just, like, at the bow, staring at the sunset and, <laughs> you know, contemplating life. Okay, great.
0: <laughs> yeah, Fabrice, I'll be right back. I'm going to go contemplate life by the bow. <laughs> I like that she says they said because it's kind of like it makes it feel like more of like that community in the in the third class, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, they all know Jack's going that way. Or, you know, they all have tabs on each other kind of.
1: So immediately he like tells her to shush. Just take my hand. Give me your hand. And, uh, and this is like this whole thing of like their trust. We've already seen that with... You know, when he pulled her over the railing and the way he's like, you know, I won't let go, I have you, all that kind of stuff. But now it's interesting because the last time she stepped onto a rail on the Titanic, she was trying to end her life. And now he's having her step on a rail again, which is, people say, probably not the best thing to do with someone who was just recently suicidal. Yeah, it's a
0: little um a little too close.
1: But at the same time, I think it's interesting because now she's stepping on this rail and she's like fully embracing life. Yeah. And it's also interesting, too, with the geography as well. Like she was trying to kill herself at the back of the ship.
0: Huh. Now yeah. she's
1: at the front of the ship.
0: Much safer. Yeah
1: well not not no I mean like you know when you think about metaphorically the back of the ship is the end yeah there's nothing but you know the rear view mirror like everything gone you know what I mean it's like okay that's the end but now She's at the front of the ship, just, like, totally looking forward.
0: And she's free, right? That's the whole thing. She Mm -hmm. feels like she's flying and she's free now.
1: So, of course, you know, he decides to, you know, outstretch her arms. And I like this because, of course, obviously it's a parallel to the King of the World thing. But I I just like the idea of, like, him wanting her to feel as infinite as he did. Mm-hmm. in that moment wanting her to experience that as well yeah i love it
0: and going back to what we were talking about i can't remember if it was this episode or last episode but uh i we were talking about how like you can be in a relationship and still have that sense of like you know freedom people are so wrapped up also oh, i'm in a relationship but i want my freedom like so i don't want to be mm-hmm. like married or whatever you can have both like you can be free you like mm-hmm. she feels the most free ever Yet she's starting like a new relationship with this guy, mm-hmm. and he's. But he's letting. But if he lets her feel free, then then she can. You know, they both can. That's what I'm saying. Like they <laughs> both can, and help each other feel free.
1: Yeah, Jack helps unlock the qualities that she's had all along right yeah and so it's like once they're able to like be in this sort of situation they just bring out the best in each other like they're both Mm -hmm. like kindred spirits in that way This scene obviously it's a really important moment for rose but it's just a beautiful moment for them as this movie couple on the cusp of this beautiful relationship starting but we know that this is the last sunset before Titanic sinks,
0: and, and yeah, and like accountability doesn't mean you, loss of freedom, right? It just means you have somebody you, who you can count on, depend on, and like uh, confide in. Like I was saying earlier, but you also have this moment where it's like that freedom, but then you it's like looking into the future. What's the future? Is it's gonna sink? Mm-hmm.
1: It's just
0: it's like a weird not a not a dichotomy necessarily, but like it's just a weird contrast. Between the two different, what's happening? What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. The future's wide open, but then it's still, you is know, not? still like yeah. you know, nature is still way more powerful than humans. So
1: it's yeah, it's really crazy. And so um, again, like I was saying, like oh, now she's like fully embracing the idea of life, stepping onto this rail. In contrast, and like her breath is like literally taken away by the beauty of. Just the sunset and just feeling like the entire world is at her feet. I cannot watch this scene without getting goosebumps. Mm-hmm. From the cinematography to all of the layers
0: beneath the meaning of it, and that motif too. Oh my gosh. Oh my god! The score, but like when that hits, it just it pushes dude, it. Like yeah, that I love. That's my favorite motif is that flute when he does it. Like because it's just mm-hmm. so, especially like when it's in the young love stuff mm-hmm. because it it matches that dreamlike feeling of when you like are first in love with somebody oh yeah you know and just that like sense of just magic that you feel and that motif mm-hmm. is so ma- it's magical like it just the way oh it's, yeah it's almost like when you try to trap that sense in your mind of like thinking back on something that could almost just play while you're dreaming of it too you know yeah i love that and then
1: and then i think it has a little bit of the vocal bit in this too with the
0: uh oh, so
1: good and then it, and then it becomes so powerful right yeah when it when we get that beautiful like helicopter shot of the ship at this beautiful sunset and that's what I'm saying too so it's like you have this amazing moment for Rose you have this really sweet moment for the couple you have this amazing shot of Titanic and we all know what's gonna happen to it uh you know it's this beautiful sunset you do this beautiful music it's just it's ugh it's just. I mean mm-hmm. instantly classic instantly iconic yeah.
0: scene so like you knew when you're watching it I didn't have the pleasure of seeing it in its initial run but I'm sh- I imagine you when you watch it for the first time you're like this is iconic like as you're watching it you know you're watching something big
1: Stuff like this is why you go to the movies you go to the movies yeah. to see movie moments like these the, these things that you that can only be captured mm-hmm. In cinema. Where
0: every element just comes together to form like this one sensation mm-hmm. that you can't you can't replicate that in any other mm-hmm. way. Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah. And that's what we talked about a little bit before, I think, that I feel like a lot of movies today are missing movie moments. Mm. We
0: don't really yeah, have... Yeah, it's so cluttered. And we were talking about Rise of Skywalker. One of the things that I thought it did terribly was it was rushing through everything you it it didn't just live in its universe like it was mm-hmm. like here's this planet look at all these things overstimulation and then you're in another planet look all these things overstimulation you're like what am i i can't just like be here like look at this scene though where they're on the bow and it's there's nothing it's barren it's just them two the water it's breathing but you feel the atmosphere Mm -hmm. and you feel it's breathing yeah you feel the wind right like you almost like feel you can even like smell the purity of the air and just Mm -hmm. all this stuff's coming together and it's creating like this magical moment Mm -hmm. and to do that in a big budget movie like this that's how they used to do it they'll look at Jurassic Park you can remember moments from Jurassic Park Mm -hmm. you can remember moments from The Matrix you can remember Mm -hmm. moments from even like the prequel trilogy of Star Wars but like (laughs) Yep. but like now like you don't have those moments really and I think that's no. something that uh, I think is why cinema and I think movies are good still but not the same type of movies that used to be good back back in the day
1: like not the movies that have left indelible marks on pop culture like yeah you know yeah, yeah. no totally but of course, so I I think I just said this about how he asks her, "Do you trust me?" And she says, "I trust you," and like that's also like right there cementing this other layer of their bond. Like you know what I mean? It's like she's up on a on this rail and she, she she's putting her trust in his hands. Which, you know?
0: which makes me so nervous, by the way. Like oh yeah, I get anxiety watching that every time.
1: Yeah, in that in one of the other books I have they just pointed out that it's interesting how it's the image of two bodies in flight that is perhaps the most popular image from Titanic mm-hmm. um, and they just said again like going back to like the body types of the characters they were like would this scene have worked with Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> and like someone else like probably not
0: yeah, be... yeah I can't imagine that would look so weird yeah. yeah they should recreate it with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I'm just thinking about Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, do you trust me on the edge of the ship? <laughs> Hold my hand, you will fly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yep.
0: Oh, That'd be so funny.
1: That's amazing. But you're so right about being able to feel the wind. Even just listening to that
0: song. It's crazy.
1: If I can feel... A breeze. You feel the temperature
0: almost right, like mm-hmm. yeah, and, and I think is because it's such a like the flute right cuts through everything. Yeah, and you and it kind of has like that's It slices through like a cold air, like a, a breeze, you know. But then
1: you have that vocal too, like when it swells and it's the yeah, ah, just, it's like literally just yeah. this this vocal is also breathing, like you know, oh, it's like yeah. it's like there's this breath that it's bringing to it as well. Yeah.
0: Oh, wow, that's crazy. It's
1: beautiful. And the, there's like this tinkering piano or harp or something that's like, ding, 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 ding. It's like, uh-huh. oh, it's it's really beautiful. And so, yeah, of course, this is also when they do a close-up on their faces and he starts singing the Come Josephine in My Flying Machine, Um, which without the knowledge of that deleted scene we talked about, this would be the first time he sings it. And it's totally fine. Like, you don't need to know that they already sang it drunkenly coming out of the party. She just said, I'm flying, jack you know and now he s- sings a popular song at, of the time mm-hmm. that mentions flying you know it's just it's cute yeah scene and then of course with the music swelling like um that message we got uh yeah when they they lean in and start having their first kiss and uh which pretty epic first kiss which
0: by the way there's no way you could balance like that while making out oh yeah yeah that's all i was thinking about
1: but yeah so they're having their first kiss all this stuff something i really like in the screenplay Is and this is what I mean by tying everything into Titanic. Um, It says, Jack and the ship seem to merge into one force of power and optimism, lifting her, buoying her forward on a magical journey, soaring onward into a night without fear. I really love that idea of it saying that the ship and Jack seem to merge into one force for her. Oh,
0: yeah. Of
1: power and optimism. That's why I always want to shed a tear when i watch this scene too because of all the emotion wrapped up in titanic as well
0: optimism Um, right yeah strength the power
1: the power of the ship and the optimism that everyone was feeling and like now rose is really feeling it and you know jack already felt it with the king of the world thing and now she's feeling it and it's just this amazing like shared experience on something we know is doomed and it's You know, it's just, it's just one of those things again, you know, soaring onward into a night without fear. And we all know that tonight is going to be one of the most horrifying nights ever. (laughs) Like, you know, but like for right now in this moment, like there is no fear ahead. There's nothing that can touch this moment.
0: Yeah, no, it's totally, yeah, I like that.
1: Yeah. I love so many things about this movie. Um... (laughs) And then of course what happens while they're kissing is that we get the fade from the beautiful Titanic sailing into the wreck on the ocean floor. Haunting. And the music fades out to the do 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 like you know, and it's like this ghostly thing and I love the way um James Cameron made it so that the last thing like you see is like Rose's um scarf thing, like waving in the wind is like, that's like the very last thing that fades. You're feeling that breeze until like the very last moment. Wait a minute, yeah, it's dead on the ocean floor now. Um,
0: Tom at the bottom of the ocean.
1: It's one of those things where I've done this where I'll go to a place and I'll hold up a picture that was, like, taken at this place before and, like, line it up perfectly with the yeah. with the location and then, like, take a picture of that so, like, the picture lines up with the background oh, okay, of the actual place it was taken. But doing something like that, it is, like, this eerie feeling of knowing that however long ago these people were standing here, this happened at this yeah. place, and it's, like, sometimes, like, you go back and the place can sometimes be exactly the same as it was. But we've changed as people and yeah. time and uh, that sort of stuff has changed yeah. but then sometimes the location just doesn't and there's just something about that that's really interesting to me and then also in this case though the location hasn't changed but it has obviously like- I was going to say like,
0: or sometimes like Maybe a tree is still there, but it's kind of, like, tilted or, like, dying. Mm-hmm. Or, like, the mountains are still the same, but, like, maybe the ruins, it's, like, the buildings are in ruins. You can, and they're, like, yep. dilapidated, like, stuff like that. It's, yep. it's sad, but it's, it's a—I mean, obviously, it's reality. Like, everything that happens to, it's insane to think about stuff like that. Just who's touched this and who's been there, who's lived there? Mm. And you're looking at the same thing.
1: And so, of course, it zooms out to old Rose in the present. Uh, and she's looking at it before turning around and saying that that was the last time Titanic ever saw daylight. God, I don't even... I, I had all my thoughts, and now I'm like, eh. I'm like, especially, like, I guess, yeah, for, like, old Rose to be looking at that on the monitor, and for the first time seeing Titanic, like, basically up close, kind of, knowing it's right beneath her. For the first time in, like, 84 years, and being able to tell them, like, this happened right there this was a thing at one point and I was young and I was with this guy and this was happening right here. This was a moment that existed that you had no idea about. And then also just for her to be looking at it and, you know, the ship is almost a ghostly spirit now and it's like Jack's like a ghostly memory that happened there. And, and you know, of yeah. course, and like the ship and its passengers and like everything is just so ghostly. Yeah, yeah that fade is so, is so effective and um, what was the other thing there's an interview with James Cameron at the beginning of the screenplay book and he's sort of talking about the special effects that they used and everything he says I think the first half of Titanic, the visual effects are dramatically supportive in an unobtrusive way. The story doesn't have to stop for a moment while visual effects dance across the screen. The effects can have a lyrical function. When Jack and Rose kiss at the bow, the effects are not only advancing the story, but are creating and sustaining an emotional state. I think that happens rarely with visual effects in films. And then the interviewer says... One of the more breathtaking emotional transitions in the script and film is the scene on the bow when Jack and Rose kiss. The bow fades seamlessly into the wrecked bow at the bottom of the ocean. Jack and Rose fade more slowly like ghosts. And then James Cameron said, They're like these youthful spirits still somehow alive and attached to the ship in the depths. I think the moment when Jack and Rose fade as the ship transforms into the wreck turned out to be a kind of effects epiphany because it shows the power visual effects can have to merge concepts in poetic ways. It's too limiting to only use effects to create spaceships and monsters and fantastic otherworldly things.
0: So wait, so the, the image we see of the wreck is, is a creation? Is a model?
1: That fade was probably a model okay. because to they out. filmed it in the way where they knew it would line up perfectly yeah with that's think.
0: true like that's true like the distance and stuff right Maybe.
1: yeah like i don't think they could have done that under the ocean because
0: right, yeah, yeah they're good they had like a little bot down there and stuff too
1: so yeah it's just you don't really think about the fact that the visual effects are being used to tell the story and to heighten and uh, convey emotion
0: you could also say that it makes it more mm, like hidden because you yes. don't expect it Right, because you expect it in like a, a movie about outer space or aliens mm-hmm. or like robots or whatever, right? But you don't expect it in a movie about an, just an actual ship floating on the ocean, mm-hmm. like, but it happens and you're like, I've only seen effects mostly on to recreate dinosaurs or like mm-hmm. lightsabers or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's cool how they uh, they use it in a way that's not really used in other stuff.
1: And another really amazing thing that ties into the next scene in the anatomy of a blockbuster Titanic book. They point out, it says, there is also another important aspect to Rose's depiction as a woman, her age. Rose is represented by two bodies and two faces. One is young, Winslet, and one is old, Gloria Stewart. In the frame story, both Rose and Titanic are old relics of their former selves. Mm. Something about when I read that sentence... I was just like, whoa. Like, for some reason, I never really... It's
0: heavy, man. Like, I never
1: really thought of it like that. That's
0: true, though. Yeah, it's funny.
1: And it goes on to say that this shot we're talking about makes it chillingly clear. The camera pulls back from underwater images of the ship's wreckage to Rose narrating her story, her wrinkled face clearly echoing the ship's wreckage. The film thus implies that elderly Rose's face and body are, you know, a withered wreckage of femininity but then they start like going off and you, um,
0: you, it also kind of speaks to like how we identify like how we categorize like the stages in our lives right like she's entering mm-hmm. a new chapter young rose in her life and old rose is still like a product kind of of that next chapter and obviously she had like many chapters in, in between but in her head she's like i'm still the same person but like because yep. now i'm withered and old like people see me oh that's is a different chapter in her life but it's like No, like she still has that same spirit that she acquired through meeting Jack and on the ship and on on the Titanic and uh yeah it's just interesting how other it almost also speaks to how other people would categorize our our like where we're at in our lives versus like how we are categorizing it Mm -hmm. we might not look the same but we feel great we feel better than ever or like Mm -hmm. we might look better but we don't feel like our confidence is low you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. different people have different stuff going on and and uh it just kind of is interesting to think about
1: yeah and that kind of goes into another line that it says in here it says everyone's interest in the quote old lady seems rooted in that youthful image of her past yeah and it's sort of like well yeah but it's like she's she's still the same person yeah like, her story isn't worth knowing just because she was once young and beautiful. Like, you know. Yeah,
0: it's, it's super deep.
1: And then it says, in a culture that attributes much of women's power to their beauty... Um, Age is, of course, the enemy, Mm -hmm. and so it said. You know, they're basically the whole movie contrasting an elderly woman with her once young, beautiful self.
0: You think James Cameron thought about all this stuff, or do you think a lot of it was just like happened to work out? This. Oh no,
1: I, I, I think he thought about it. There are some other things in this book um, that he says that definitely sound like it was premeditated, premeditated, like about this stuff.
0: Because sometimes, like I've written a script, and I'm like, holy cow, like that was actually turned out like I thought about it and I was like okay it kind of worked out like poetically and and like that but I didn't intend it to be like that I wonder if Mm. he maybe I mean
1: I'm sure there are moments like that in in the movie that weren't intended but they can be but Mm
0: -hmm. because sometimes also when you're crafting a story just the nature of the story if you line up all this other stuff then other things will start to kind of come together uh, by happenstance too, not unplanned just because everything Mm -hmm. else is lined up too so
1: right and then there's just, again, another thing in this book, just kind of going back to Rose's freedom. It's all visually expressed, basically. So with yeah. the butterfly, now with this flying scene. And then there was just one line here that I highlighted. It says, Entrapment is the central dilemma of the film's upper-class heroine who strives to free herself from you know, her restrictive fiancé and repressive lifestyle. And then there was a bit that says just as certainly as cal can't arouse his fiance's passions let alone fulfill them jack does both in the most incredible of narrative circumstances mm-hmm. I don't know, just lines i highlighted that just stood out to me yeah, when i was no, reading it
0: i mean there's some good stuff about it. you can really pick apart this scene i mean obviously that's what we're doing but like there's just so many layers to it that it's like i don't think yep. it, i don't think it can end you know I think you can literally just keep going. Oh, yeah, I know. Especially, like, looking back to it, or, like, looking ahead to it, or looking back to it, like, it just keeps adding to the stuff.
1: And that's what's funny, too, though, right? How I say so many people look at this scene, and they just see, oh, yeah, it's the flying scene, Titanic. Next. The
0: flying scene, Titanic. I mean, seriously,
1: (laughs) that's what a lot of people take it as, but there's, like, a lot more there, and that's why... You know, I always get goosebumps when I watch the scene because of everything it represents. There's just so much mm-hmm. from, you know, from all And you know, one of the most powerful things about it is that it's taking place on the Titanic. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's one of the most powerful things about it. Oh, yeah.
0: And we're on the Titanic.
1: Honestly, <laughs> it's insane. I think that's everything I had in my notes for this scene today. Yeah there anything else you want to add
0: no i think that's it i mean we definitely
1: touched on a lot <laughs> yeah
0: I, I got to everything i wrote so
1: okay well i guess that is everything for the iconic flying scene thank you guys so much for listening of course be sure to follow us on all the socials links in the description email titanic scene by scene at gmail.com leave us a voicemail all that good stuff and we'll see you in the next scene
0: see ya